This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the HuntStand Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be bringing on a good friend of ours, Scott Newby from Yamaha Outdoors. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about his journey as a hunter, how he's kind of gotten into it, what he's been doing, and things he's excited for this season. And then we're also going to talk about Yamaha's Outdoor Access Initiative and what it is and what Yamaha does. And so, again, y'all, we just want to thank y'all for tuning in for the Hunt Stand Podcast. You got lots of options out there, so we greatly appreciate the support and all of y'all that have tuned in. And if you're new to the podcast, Thanks for tuning in. And so make sure you're subscribed or follow the podcast. Make sure you like, rate. It greatly helps us out. We really appreciate it, y'all. And if you haven't yet, make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. Get the free version. And if you want to unlock all the tools and features, upgrade to Pro today. So again, y'all, we just want to thank y'all. Here's Scott Newby, and we hope you enjoy. You ready to get this thing rolling, man? Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Well, <laughs> Scott, brother, man, really appreciate you hopping on the HuntStand podcast with me today. Really appreciate you just taking the time. I know you're busy as heck so just taking the time to do this with me and talk shop yeah no it's my pleasure i mean we've been uh, partners here for a long time and always excited to do the things that uh, that huntstand has going on and man it, it's it's been busy but for all the right reasons and all the right right ways so the more that we can get out there get in front of people and promote our product the the happier i am to say the least oh yeah heck yeah man you can't complain that complain about that at all so man one of the things i like to do to get every podcast started, I like for the guest to give that listener kind of that 30-foot tree stand view of who you are. Kind of tell us, you know, where you're from, how you've how you've gotten to where you are in life. So tell us about Scott Newby, man. Yeah, I've I've been in the industry, motorsports industry, at least all my life. Um, grew up racing and riding and everything too, and um always had a passion for hunting, fishing the outdoors. I uh, I, I grew up um, my dad, you know, that was his biggest thing. We'd always mm-hmm. go hunting whenever we, he had a spare moment. He was definitely a big corporate guy out at UPS. And so, you know, that was his escape. That was how we got out and got to relax. And 
and just uh, and let loose in a sense. So we'd always be going up to like Vermont or Connecticut or even like his old uh, stomping grounds out in Wisconsin, going hunting there, um, fishing and all the time as well. And and that's just something that always kind of stuck with me. And thankfully, in the position that I am now, um, you know, I, I get to do those things more often. Truly blessed with that too. But man, it's even just being able to get out in the outdoors myself and trying to pass that same thing on to my son and, you know, just get that, uh, that, that, I don't know, time with nature, if you will, no matter how it is, whether it's going out on a hike or even being able to sit in a tree stand and, you know, get it, get out of cell phone reception and just focus on the world around you really. Yeah, man. <laughs> a- absolutely. So what's your position and title with Yamaha? Yeah, technically for Yamaha, I'm the A to B and side by side senior communications specialist. But the way I kind of sum that all up is I just inspire people to, um, you know, write about Yamaha, tell stories about Yamaha, but more or less in the vein to where, you know, we go out, we have these awesome epic adventures and the Yamaha vehicle that we're driving is just kind of like a tool and a means of getting there. So it's more about the exploration and the the event overall and, and, you know, having that vehicle be a component of it. And our whole branding message, if you will, is just, we call it realize your adventure that could be anywhere from your average farmer that, you know, whether it's a hobby farm or like a big industrial type of setup, you know, we, they use their vehicle, they use our vehicles out there on their operations, all the way up to the guy that he's doing the extreme stuff, going out the Rubicon trail, pushing mm-hmm. these vehicles to the absolute limit. You know, whatever you define as your adventure, we make sure that our vehicle does that for you. And it's also proven off-road, which for us is just having the capability, comfort and confidence to be able to realize those aspirations too. Yeah. Nice. So tell us about some, uh, let's keep, I, y'all have got such a wide variety from your ATVs, UTVs, motorcycle or your motorbikes and everything. Kind of tell us about, you know, the lineup that would be more geared for the hunter outdoorsman. Yeah, it, it really kind of depends on what your setup is, you know, what kind of ranch life that you have, if you will. Uh, we have any, everything from our workhorse and the Viking and Viking 6 that it's a, a proven platform um, just kind of a, a wider vehicle that's really more utility based. It has like its utility roots in it, if you will, but either the three seat configuration or even a six seat configuration. If you have a lot of guys you need to bring out to the stand, um, our X2, X2, X2 and X4 and the Wolverine as well. It's a very quiet 850 engine that's in there mm-hmm. has a lot of great capabilities as well. I mean, I just define those things as a Billy goat. I mean, they can go anywhere, do everything. And, uh, and it's just a great platform to be able to utilize the vehicles in. Um, kind of all up to our pinnacle of the recreational aspect of things with our Wolverine R-Max 1000, which is comprised of the R-Max 2 1000, the R-Max 4 1000. Um, it, it's very versatile vehicles. I mean, they're, they're obviously a lot more sportier than what you're going to see in the Wolverine X2 and X4. No. But they can still do just as much and very capable vehicles overall. And you know, we know with our vehicles, like it, it all depends on what your needs are. So if you have someone that... They want to go out and be able to use the vehicle to go riding on the weekends with the family. They can do that. But also if they want to go fill some feeders, move around some stands, you know, plenty capable of the same exact thing with the, uh, the bed and everything we have in the back too. Gotcha. Yeah. I know you and I met long time ago, uh, when I used to work for Wade Middleton and, uh, he had his giant ranch out there in South Texas. And so I got to play on the Vikings a lot, a lot. So those were my those were my workhorses. Spent lots of time with my uh, my butt in those seats, so it was good though. So man, oh yeah, man, and that, that's what I love about Wade too, because he uh, you know he legitimately uses those things on the property day in and day out, oh, yeah. and 
it's so awesome to see not only when the media shows up or some of the events that we do, like it's legitimately what they're using the vehicles for, mm-hmm. but also all the wear and tear that they put on the vehicles out in, you know, Texas, which you got the heat, you got a lot of the gnarly, those gnarly washes, rocks yep. and stuff all over the place, and even just the rain ruts and everything. But like, you know, they, they put them to the test and uh, they always hold up. So it, it makes it easier for me because that's literally like proof in the pudding right there. <laughs> oh, man, we, we definitely put them to the test. I, c- I can assure you we did that. Like there was a few times that I was trying to stuff 30, 50 pound bags of deer corn in the back of those. And now I'd pro- you probably don't recommend that, but uh, we put it to <laughs> we put it to the test, man, because there were some spots. I mean, just like, you know, you've been out to his place. I mean, there were some spots out there you couldn't get a truck to, but we could get a Viking out there. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's what's so great about it. I mean, not only do you have to you know avoid bringing your shoot the cost of trucks these days you know your 80 to a hundred thousand dollar truck out there getting branch scratches on or even just mm-hmm. the rough ride that sometimes those have but you know our vehicles are specifically for off-road conditions so it makes it the perfect fit obviously as you mentioned you know keeping within your vehicles capacities and the tow rings and all good yeah, stuff but yeah, yeah they're, they're very capable to say the least <laughs> i say 30 bags of corn it might have been less i just tried to get on as many as i could right right exactly <laughs> yeah exaggeration for effect <laughs> yeah exactly so man i really want to talk about yamaha's involvement and in just really digging into the hunting and outdoor industry you know, the involvement that y'all had, and then specifically y'all's outdoor access initiative. Tell us, tell us a little bit background behind all that and what made Yamaha do that, kind of make that decision back in the day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, I mean, we know our vehicles are legitimately being used in all these situations with the hunting and the outdoors. And I mean, they're, they are tools on the farm, they're tools, you know, out at the ranch and, when when that's the case and it's obviously easy to support that and you know we've been long-standing um, supporters of shooting hunting and outdoor industry and um you know we've been working with hunting partners for a very long time now again just because we know that that is our industry that's our people in a sense and the great thing is like we have so many people in the office that they go out they hunt and fish and everything themselves too so it's not like we're just saying one thing and doing another i mean we're legitimately going out there having fun and being able to have these experiences here too and that's also a lot of things we've taken into consideration we're developing and designing these vehicles, knowing that you know, the, the way that the industry is changing when it goes from just a straight up utility vehicle to something that's a little more versatile, if you will, when it's you know, used for the recreation and the, the hunting aspects, like I mentioned there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even with that, you know, as things kind of evolved and changes um, or and change, like you mentioned with the, our outdoor access initiative, um, that's a program we've had for, I believe almost 15 years now. We, we started that in 2008 and yep. um, it's just all about sustainable open access to public lands. And that's anything from hiking, biking, all the way up to, you know, hunting, ATV, side-by-side off-roading trails. I mean, everything in between. We want to make sure that people can go out there and they can experience the outdoors in general. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're opening more uh, properties and lands and we are trying to close them, you know, because there's nothing worse than not having opportunities for people to experience the great outdoors. And so it's, uh, it's been over 400 projects now and now $5 million put back into the industry too and, and into our nation's lands and hope that can happen for generations to come. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty big. You don't see a whole lot of companies and organizations. I mean, there are, there's quite a few out there, but you know, I'd say the majority of them, you don't see them doing stuff like that. Yeah. And we try, it's tough too. You know, we don't want to be like braggadocious and like, Hey, look at me, look what we do. We're so great. You know, give us a pat on the back. But 
you know, it's it's all for the right reasons. We have yeah. it's where we have quarterly meetings and we'll receive grant submissions from different companies or mm-hmm. different organizations that have already been vetted out by someone that we use that manages the, the OAI program for us. And we have a big committee. We all get together. We review basically the, the submission that they have. We go through and say, yeah. you know, kind of nitpick, if you will. But again, just making sure that those funds are being properly utilized. We don't want to just say like, oh, we gave $20,000 here just so we can say, you know, we hit that area. It's like we yeah. legitimately want those funds to go for the intended use and make sure that, you know, it's it's building a bridge over a fish bearing stream because they're about to close down that area. Or, um, you know, it's it's revamping a staging area because there's been all sorts of, uh, you know, damage that could have happened from a storm or something like that. Again, mm-hmm. it's just all about maintaining trails, making sure that, the, that they can stay open and, and accessible to everyone. So I'm kind of looking at this right now. So it looks like uh, people can apply for this. Kind of explain that. I'm kind of looking at it. So if they apply, is this like a company can apply to give you all that grant uh, to make sure they're qualified and uh, pretty much going through a process, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the easiest thing to do is just go to the website, yamahaoai.com, and you'll pretty much see all the information there. You can download the, the submission form. Um, need to be a nonprofit organization and need to have kind of like a, be working with the local Yamaha dealer just to make sure that they're aware and they have the kind of vanity out in a sense. But there's even a phone number on there. You can call someone that uh, she is a great person, a great asset to be able to bounce ideas off of because even when we say like you have to be a nonprofit organization, we don't want you to automatically think like, oh, okay, yeah, well, you know, it's not for me, that whole type of thing. I mean, we want to work with you. If you have the right mission, the right goal, the right statement that kind of you know backs up what we're doing, please reach out. I mean, mm-hmm. we can skin that cat in many different ways or, or skin the buck, if you will, many different ways to make sure that you know it's whatever is going to be of benefit for everyone. And um, but yeah, if you go to that website, that's definitely the best thing to do. And you just submit the, the grant after that. And like I said, we have a committee that reviews everything. We discuss it and we kind of uh, approve things. Or a lot of times, even if it's not exactly like a, we're not approving things, but we'll work with that submission or the person that submitted the information after if we weren't on the same page with something and say, well, hey, yeah, here's what we kind of need to tweak or work on or change because, you know, we're not going to give out free vehicles either. You know, if someone submits a form, they say, oh, yeah, I need an ATV. You no, know, that way I can fix up the uh, the ATV trails that are nearby me. It's like, well, let's use, you know, something different, like a different resource, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, even if it's gravel to put down to, to cover an area that's been washed out. I mean, mm-hmm. again, we just want to make sure those funds are being effectively used in those areas. And we're willing to work with everyone on that, too. Man, I think this. I think this is super important. I think a lot of people need to to know about this and hear about this because, I mean, to be let's be honest. I mean, our public lands, our hunting rights, everything, even from a conservation perspective, is coming under fire and under attack from multiple groups. And I think what y'all are doing here is super important to help. Essentially, y'all are helping to fight that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean. Again, we just want to make sure that this stuff stays open and and it's just for generations to come too. I mean, the last thing we want to see or hear is just cr- trails closing down. And it could be over the smallest and silliest thing, you know, to where that person just could have reached out and submitted a form of, you know, whatever rehabilitation that they needed. And the crazy thing is, I mean, with the, all this been going around in the industry with the, the motorsports industry where people are buying 18 million side by sides left and right, some that are brand new to the industry, never experienced it before, which means our trails are being used even more. I mean, that's just all the more reason for us to be able to get out there, 
get the outdoor exit initiative on the ground and have those funds being used because people are going out, they're riding more. We want to make sure that those trails are maintained so they can continue, continue to enjoy them. Absolutely, man. And, you know, I, I kind of, we might go down a rabbit hole with this one, but uh, I got to ask you, how old are you, man? I am uh, 39. I'll be 40 years old later this year. It's, uh, yeah, I always happens to me during opening deer season. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I feel I feel like I'm trying to stay young, but 40 years old right now. You look 29, All right, man. Excuse me, about to be 40. You look like you're 29. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I I try to stay young and think young at least. So, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> now, Nestle, on the other hand, he's starting to get a few gray hairs, but... Uh, well, <laughs> well, it's uh, easy to give him a hard time, but you know, I, I start to see a couple pop up here and there as well, and that just gives me... <laughs> My wife, all the way to kind of pick on me and make fun of me too. But yeah, yeah, man, they're they're coming. I, I try to keep the stress low. And the, and the funny thing is, man, it's that's getting out fishing, getting out hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is how I relieve my stress. Yeah, I mean, it, it, before it's like I'd have a rough week and I'd get out in the water. I got Lake Alatoona that's close to me, and even if I got skunked every single day because the locals consider that like the Dead Sea out here. But man, it's, as long as I'm on the water or out in a tree stand doing something, man, I feel like that's what keeps me young. So maybe that's the method of the madness there. Heck yeah, man. All right, y'all, we're going to interrupt this podcast real quick for a quick word from our sponsors. The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Bowtech Archery. Refuse to follow. If you're in the market for a new bow this fall, make sure you check out Bowtech and the easy tuning capabilities of the deadlock system. I've been shooting the SR350 this year and tuning that thing has been so easy. Don't have to worry about twisting strings or doing any of that rasin jazz. So if that's what you're looking for, make sure you check out Bowtech Archery today. Up next, we got Lacrosse Boots and their Navigator Series. The world is raw, rugged, and relentless. Navigate it accordingly. The Navigator Series is born to take your hunt further. Check out the comfortable and versatile line of lace-up hunting boots from Lacrosse today. Up next, we got Federal Premium. Go beyond what you ever thought possible with their lineup of Terminal Ascent ammunition. I've been using this ammo this year so far and it has worked phenomenally for me. From Predators all the way up to a beautiful Hill Country, Texas Axis Buck. It worked amazingly. One shot, that buck didn't go anywhere, about 250 yards. That book dropped right in his tracks. Literally didn't have to do any tracking. So if you're in the market for some new ammunition, check out Federal Premium and their lineup of Terminal Ascent. The Hunt Stand Podcast is also brought to you by Lacrosse's lineup of the Alpha Burley Pro Boot. Stock, hunt, repeat. Up next, we got Browning, the best there is. I'll be using their new lineup of Ovix gear this fall, so I'm really excited to check that out and just get to use it this fall all the way from the Whitetail Woods up in the mountains chasing elk. And finally, we got WorkSharp the knife sharpening company. I use their MK2 knife sharpener on every knife in my house, in the kitchen, in my pack. It makes sharpening your knives a breeze. My wife even loves to use this thing. It makes everything super easy. So if that's what you're looking for, make sure you check out WorkSharp today. All right, Joe, we're going to get back to this episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. Yeah, I think I'll, I have to say, you know, when I was a head coach at the college level, uh, I met my wife, I think I was 26, 27 at the time, and maybe a little bit younger, 25, and I had gray hairs already. And uh, <laughs> since I've gotten out of the coaching world, I don't have to worry about the stress of that, you know, and I'm in the outdoor industry again. Like, yeah, there's stresses involved in the any industry you're in, but those gray hairs have kind of disappeared for the most part. So Yeah, it's funny how it works that way, right? <laughs> yeah. But the reason I was asking you this, you know, we're talking about outdoor access initiative that's put on by Yamaha, and we're talking about, you know, essentially our hunting rights and public land 
everything's coming under fire. You know, it, it has been for years, right? And there's groups like what y'all are doing that put forth initiatives and and programs to help fight that and make sure that we continue to have that for generations to come. But I think where there is a bridge that needs to be built, in my opinion, is essentially kind of from an older generation in the outdoor industry to a much younger generation. And the reason I say that is I want to ask you, when did you first realize and you kind of had an epiphany, let's say, or maybe not even epiphany, but it just kind of all of a sudden that light bulb just kind of came on where you're like, man, there's bad people out there that are wanting to take these things away from us. When, when, like how old were you, do you think, when you first realized those things? Man, I, as crazy as it sounds, it's almost like it, as far back as I can remember, you know, or you always have that that one instance that runs into you or you experience something. It's like, you know, why would you want to do that? You know, why would you want to mm-hmm. take that stuff away from me? You know, and it, it's tough because especially at such a young age, you don't know how to react to that. And obviously you want to be respectful to any sort of uh, elder or older person and, and the, trying to have a conversation when you are young with that. Many times it's just, comes with uh you know well i'm more powerful than you in a sense so you just accept that as mm-hmm. you know the, the gospel and and it makes it tough but uh but yeah as far back as i can remember really it, and even uh you know a couple of uh hunting areas i'd go to with my dad to where one year it'd be like a, a public land or even someone's private land we could access at one point and then all of a sudden it switched to a new owner you know, like you know hey get out of here even if you just you know kindly went to ask permission like you do every single year and all of a sudden they turn you away you know they, they just wouldn't even want to get to know you or just respect respectfully say you know hey you know we changed directions here or something like that you know yeah. so it's uh yeah it, it's as far back as i can remember there's some experience in that well now i was asking you that because i would have to say for me i mean i'm 30 years old it probably didn't happen until I was a teenager. Uh, you know, it's, I grew up hunting, I grew up fishing and enjoying those things. And then you start hearing about things about how there's groups and organizations out there that they want to take away this public land. They want to take away your hunting rights. And it's like, Whoa, wait a minute. No, no. Why do you want to do that? And so I think I could speak. I could be speaking on wrong terms here, but I've uh, just kind of my observation is, you know, we we we've seen that that people talk about we've had a decline in hunters, but what I'm trying to get at here is that over the years, I feel like people aren't recognizing that till it's too late. And oh yeah, I, go go for it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times too, it's just a a clear misunderstanding as well on what is really being done. I mean, you see in movies where where hunters and outdoorsmen are just kind of like stereotyped in this is terrible light and it, it gets so frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. especially being a passionate hunter and and it, some people assume that that's the case but it's funny because like when i do this stuff uh you know even just for work i get more and more people in the office that they show interest in hunting or that they finally like come out like they've been hiding about it, you know because they're almost ashamed in a sense and or this the interest overall and for me, it's like, damn it, like, let's try and just go out sometime, you know, even if it's just sitting in a stand or even understanding the anatomy of an animal and, and you know, showing that, okay, this is how you want to get a clean ethical kill on something. And sometimes you, you don't always get that. But, you know, for me, it's also like anything I do kill, I'm taking back to my house and I'm feeding my family with it. So, 
yeah, I get a huge rush, but I also am extremely thankful for that animal too, for it sacrificing its life so that I can continue to live and so that I can feed my family. We can continue to live too. And I, I just don't think that's clearly conveyed in so many ass or in so many uh, um, um, outlets these days. And yeah. for me, like if that was, if that was a bigger component of it, I think more people would be understanding of that. And, and there aren't, you know, when you, as you mentioned, you had that decline of, uh, of hunters out there and hunting license and everything too. I think that a lot of times people just, they don't ever think about bringing someone else out there. And, and I don't know, so many times you think of like, Oh, that's my secret spot. I don't want anyone to know, mm-hmm. but like, dude, just bring them out, you know, just have that time with someone and share that experience with someone. And it, it'll definitely go a long way. Yeah. That to me, that's super important. And then the other thing that I think is really important and, I I am I'm guilty of this myself. Uh, in my younger days, uh, I would hear about some of these things, and I would just think, "Oh no, we got plenty of hunters out there. I don't have the time to vote against this. I don't have the time to call my state representative because I'm against this." Like, there's plenty of people out there, you know, to fight that. But I think that that's that's a bad way to think, and I'm guilty of thinking that way. And I think I uh, I could be speaking wrong, but I think that's kind of a I've heard this from other people that are around my same age is they're like, Oh yeah, there's other people that'll fight for that. And it's like, no, it's like, we all have to fight for it. We all have to push against it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, uh, have you heard of the return act that has been, I haven't. There's a state representative actually out of Georgia, uh, that put forth this act to cancel the Robert, uh, Robertson Pittman Act, I believe it's what it's called. I might have chopped that name up a little bit, but basically it was an excise tax that's placed on all of our purchases made in the outdoor industry, firearms and everything that they take a piece of that and they put it back in wildlife conservation, wildlife funding, wildlife management. And a representative wanted to get rid of that. And they don't understand the catastrophic effect that it could have on our wildlife. And so, oh, yeah, I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize too is that anytime that uh, hunting fishing licenses are sold, I mean, that goes towards the con- conservation of you know, whatever animal it is, whatever game that it is. I mean, that's, that's what those funds are for specifically. So, yeah, the more that we can put money towards that and actually having that conservation effort, I think that the better off that we're going to be. But you know, even just to your point too about uh, you know, many people thinking about, you know, dropping the bucket, if you will, on having the voices be heard. I mean, if anyone feels that way, look at the power of social media these days. You know, Mm -hmm. you can have someone just from absolutely nowhere that all of a sudden they have an opinion, they take a stance. And the next thing you know, that voice is amplified. They get millions and millions of followers. And and all of a sudden there's like this grassroots effort that's blowing up. And, and, you know, we want that to be on our side. You know, we want to have that voice and uh, and those people backing up on our side in order to, to... how this happened for generations. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I, I think that's where we just have to start. And everybody just knows that you got to keep fighting and can't expect the, the hunter to your right or the fisherman to your left to fight for it too. Exactly. Always keep fighting the good fight to say the least. Yeah. So man, kind of, I know we kind of went down a rabbit hole with that. I was just kind of curious, wanted to ask you a, a few of those things, you know, with everything with the outdoor access initiative, but uh, kind of tell us, like, what are some of the big plans that Yamaha, Yamaha has coming up this fall? We talked about it just briefly before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, uh, 
let's see right now we're, we're looking at the end of july and we'll be launching some new 2023 products here soon so mm -hmm. definitely stay tuned to our social channels at yamaha outdoors or even just our website yamahaoutdoors.com and check out all the latest and greatest even stopping at your local yamaha dealer but um Man, we're 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 running a gun. I'm excited too. I got a, a couple of big hunts and everything coming up later this year between uh, bow hunt in Kansas, uh, bow hunt out in Kentucky again, giving another shot on that one, and then going back out to Texas as usual. So it's going to be fun, exciting year. I've been getting into bow hunting a lot more as well. And mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's like I said. I mean, any time that I can go out and hunt, it's one thing. But when we're legitimately using the vehicles out there too, I mean, it uh, makes the experience all the better and, and really kind of. Um, I don't know, puts pencil to paper with a lot of people when, when you know you, you see like, oh yeah, this guy's actually going out there, he's hunting and then he's using the vehicles too. And you know, with all that, uh, I don't know, uh, all the interesting conversations going on around uh, bringing vehicles out in the field. It's like, they're, they are useful tools. We use them all the time. And, and mm -hmm. trust me, it's, uh, it, it, they're game changers when, uh, when you need them most. A lot of people don't realize it, but also you might, you know, have this epic hunting spot that you need to get to and crossing some crazy sort of uh, uh, trail or whatever. It's like, dude, it's they're worth every single penny. So use them while you can. You know, I kind of want to back up just a step. You were talking about, it sounds like there's conversations. I mean, I could I could have misread that a little bit differently, but uh, it sounds like there's people that uh, don't believe in using units like these in the woods or... You, know, you always get the people like, you know, oh, yeah, no, it just scares all the game away and everything. It's like, mm -hmm. man, we, we use the vehicles all the time, and you're not going to be driving an ATV or a side by side or anything for that matter right underneath to where you're going to be hunting, you know, right on top where you're hunting. It's like, yeah. regardless, you want to get all your gear as close as you can, and then you kind of, uh, you know, bring it in from there, or, you know, whenever they're the deer bedded down or whatever game is, whenever they're kind of settled, then that's when you go scout an area or use like utilize that area. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're not going to be driving your vehicle directly on top of where you're going to be hunting and you wouldn't do that with anything that you do have. So yeah, I think that another thing too is the more that you use that vehicle around the property you be hunting, if you can, the more acclimated they're going to get to it. You know, it's even if you're walking in, you know, to any sort of game season, yeah. like it's going to be sketched out running away anyway. So I, I'd rather be as efficient with my time as I can to use our vehicles while we can and, and uh, yeah, not have to gear, carry all that stuff in, whether it's a stand or dude, I feel like I bring so much stuff to a stand these days. So make sure that I don't forget anything that uh, I don't want to have to worry about lugging all that stuff in for miles on end. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. And I mean, I, the, the way I look at it too is, you know, Public, I think public land perspective, like Texas, everybody's got one. Um, although there's probably that one person listening that's like, well, I don't have it. I just use my truck. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's got one. And I think from a public land perspective, I mean, it, it makes total sense. I mean, like I go out to Colorado every year and we set up our main camp. And then we like to have, if, if we have one available to us, we like to have some type of off-road vehicle there for us. So that way, you, you know, just as well as I do, I mean. Colorado, you're going up and down essentially those what I guess what you would have referred to as Rubicon trails, those Jeep trails. And if you're in a, a half ton or a full three quarter ton, one ton pickup truck, you're gonna get beat up. And so Oh yeah. You want to take one trip to set up your camp, and that's what you do. And then it's really nice to have that unit to be able to just zip up and down the mountain. You need to go to a glassing knob quickly. It's nice to go and do that. And then whenever you do get an animal down all you have to do is get it to the road put it in the back and you're back to camp cleaning so yeah no doubt you can cover a lot more ground a lot faster a lot easier in the in our atv and side by sides than than any pickup truck especially when you get into some of that extreme stuff too i mean it uh 
Yeah, it'll beat you to death and you'll be feeling it by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'll make you a more efficient hunter at the end of the day. It, it really yeah, will. exactly. Very it true. It really will. And so, man, talk to us about this Kentucky hunt that you're going to do in September. It's a, I know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like it's almost redemption coming from last year. So just kind of back up a little bit. I've uh, I've really been getting into bow hunting here recently. I got the uh, the Garmin site, and that just added so much confidence, and it was like a game changer for me on mm-hmm. my bow hunting skills. Like before, you know, again, always want to have that clean ethical kill, and I don't want to just take a shot just to try and get something. You know, just wing it in a sense. So that just really gave me so much confidence because, like, it wasn't like okay, yeah. Where did I range that rocket? Was that 20 yards or 30 yards? So I should be at this pin. I mean, again, I just, I don't have that level of comfort and experience to where, you know, I know for sure how it's going to be. So when I got the site and I got all dialed, like that was just, it opened up hunting opportunities for me so much more. And it got me so much more excited too, about being able to go out and hunt. So yeah. um, we went to Kentucky last year and this is um, also with Wade here. And actually my boss, Steve Nestle, and he went out there a couple of years ago too with mm-hmm. uh, with Wade and, just giant deer. We try to get them in velvet too. I mean, it's uh, it's right about that time where they're they're you know kind of starting to uh, to change. But um, yeah, I feel like I need to get some redemption. It's uh, last year when I went, um, there was just just beautiful buck that came out in front of me. I swear, these guys they know exactly where all the branches are, all the spots are, like where I don't have a shooting lane, and they'll just stand there and take their time and. Yep. And the, uh, this, this one that, uh, that I was hunting, he, he just found all those right spots and never gave me the opportunity. And he just ended up mosing out in the, or, uh, excuse me, mosing out in the, the soybean field and never came back. And we tried for the rest of that week to go back and to get him again. He never showed up on camera after that. He never showed up in that spot after that. I ended up going back, I think it was either November or December to try to like round two on this one buck or just mm-hmm. anything. And uh, nothing popped up at all. So we, uh, we're going to give another go this year. And it's cool, too, because when we go out, we actually just bring in a bunch of RVs and campers. We just kind of chill out in our little little setup that we have. So kind of yep. like a, a different experience there altogether. But same thing, you know, using our vehicles to go out to wherever we're going to be hunting. And um, a lot of different properties we get to choose from. But, man, I'm looking forward to that one. And just being in a new spot, too, is awesome. It, and honestly, that was the, the buck that I saw that I didn't get a shot on last year. Biggest buck I've ever seen in the wild. I mean, it, for me, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there like, you don't know what to expect the first night mm-hmm. you're in the stand, you know, it's like, you, you don't know what the different levels of stuff are going to be like. And sometimes you may see a trail cam and, you know, pictures on there. So, okay, this is what you're going for. But I tell you what, when, when that one just walked out in front of me, he just kind of had some trash and stuff on the side, like this one big drop time too, that's coming down. And, you know, that's stuff that I see in a magazine. So when I finally had that opportunity to, to hunt that and realize that when I was in the stand, but yeah, I'm surprised he didn't run away because I was probably shaking the whole entire tree just with excitement, you know? Heck yeah, man. No, it's, heck, just talking about this is getting me excited. I mean, September's almost here. I mean, it's almost done. I know. It's right around the corner, for better or for worse, right? I know. I've already been going out in the backyard and and practicing again just to get those repetitions in because uh, the last thing I want to do is have him actually be broadside or anything nice broadside mm-hmm. and then, you know, me messing up or, or fidgeting or something like that. So trying to stay comfortable. Heck yeah, man. Well, Scott, man, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast, talking Yamaha, talking hunting, talking access, outdoor initiative, everything, and uh, just kind of going down the, the rabbit holes, man. My pleasure. Definitely good to catch up and Heck, hopefully we can get out there uh, in a hunting situation here again and 
both get something down and be able to get some side-by-side trophies with each other. Heck yeah, man. You don't have to tell me twice. Real quick, just tell listeners, man, just uh, where can we find you on social media and Yamaha as well? Yeah, for me, I mean, it, it, well, usually if you just Google Scott Newby Yamaha, you'll find me there somewhere. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, the, the best spot for all things Yamaha, YamahaOutdoors.com or at Yamaha Outdoors on social and follow what we have. And uh, yeah, always always looking forward to, uh, to meeting more people and whether it's on the trails or in the hunting camp. Hope to see you soon. Heck yeah, man. Looking forward to it. All right, y'all. There you go. We just want to thank Scott for his time on today's podcast, talking about his journey as a hunter, Yamaha's Outdoor Access Initiative, and many other things as well. So again, just thank you, Scott, for your time. Again, y'all, thank you for the support. We appreciate y'all tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.